things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Friday, Dana McCool. How are you doing, my dear? I am just... You're just... <laughs> <laughs> so today, folks, we have a, a very special guest today, mm-hmm. uh, Representative uh, Chase uh, Tremont uh, from the east side of Volusia County. Uh, District 30, yeah. District yes, 30. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the area covers everywhere from Port Orange all the way on down through uh, North Brevard, which is uh, Titusville. Poor guy. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to get right into <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, don't forget... <laughs> You're going to do housekeeping. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, please don't forget to follow us on um, on YouTube and uh, all the major podcasts. Smoking Truth is there. Mm-hmm. Please, let's keep it going. Obviously, uh, Facebook as well. We'll uh, go ahead and post a link over from Facebook. Our Facebook is blowing up. Like, a little by little. So, yeah, it, it's getting there a little by little. And obviously, it changes from week to week depending on who the guests are and sometimes. Yep. Uh, last week was actually a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to push that one. And the, the, the counts are, are going up, so it's doing pretty well, yeah. uh, all, all things considered. Uh, so we were surly. That's because we were surly last week. Probably a little week. bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about that today. Uh, so, um, okay. but anyways, and then, uh, and also, I had a... I had a lover, but because, you know, out of, uh, out of respect to uh, not just you alone, but also um, uh, for Representative Tremont as well, I decided I'm gonna, I'll, I'll smoke everything I can upstairs, and I may catch a couple more puffs mm-hmm. before I leave here today, but I was having a, uh, <laughs> I was having a BDP. <laughs> I can't believe you could put a, B- uh, the o- I can't the, put a BDP down when the, I have one the, in my hand. Nobody yeah. can. Nobody can. The OG, I say, I say, hey, I said, OG, what's, uh, what do you, he said, what do you want? Do you I said, want? this is what I'm kind of feeling today. He says, want you have one of mine and then sure enough it's bdp and i said oh i forgot yeah you know bdp <laughs> is my go-to beach cigar is it yeah oh, it is because right. i can sit there for a couple hours and it lasts oh. and last and last okay all right girl and call it a bdp for nothing all right all right i didn't have a lover today i didn't even fake having a lover today yeah you just came in storming in stormed in, in today cigar hustler, boom 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 yeah. let's go do and yeah the rep came in boom 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 yeah. let's go do this come on so he's ready to go <laughs> <laughs> i was deep in republican territory uh, so uh anything you want to talk about before we do make a little bit more formal introduction for him as well too ragey you want to rant about something no nah. Yeah. What good does it do? Yeah. Uh, well, nah. sometimes it gets it off your chest a little bit. I thought I was going to have something to rant today about. And, folks, I apologize because I thought I was going to have a rant this week. But I really don't. I'm kind of, yeah, I know. Like, not speeding, you know, people in the driving in the fast lane that shouldn't be driving over there and not something else. I was think, trying to think today hard. And nothing really popped up this week for me that I thought I was going to really rant about. But mm-hmm. don't worry because something I got something, stuff some, coming. But something's I'm, brewing. But yeah. anyway. So, so I, I've got my thing for uh, the sheriff next week. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah, folks, don't forget to tune in. The sheriff will be uh, here um, the following week as well. Yeah, so they'll, they'll be, he's always good to have on. So um, with that said. Uh, Let's so get into it. Let's introduce your folks, friend, your Chase Republican Tremont. friend. I am. So let me tell you something. <laughs> I met Chase a little over a decade ago. And I've been a big fan of Chase Tremont when he was uh, – actually when he was running for city council in port orange mm-hmm. all the way through his run up through this um, florida house and um i 
foresee, and all I'm going to say this because I'm staff, is I foresee nothing but good things happening for Chase coming up, which I think also bodes well for Volusia County in general. And as everybody knows, it will be great to have some good representation of Volusia County. Yeah, well, he's he's done very well. Uh, He's done very well so far. How he's handled himself over uh, over this uh, past session. Uh, A big fan, folks. Whether you always agree with him or not, uh, Chase is going to be straight up and honest with you. And uh, look, he'll he'll debate you on it, and then hey, afterwards you can you know determine afterwards you know. But it just he's just a good guy overall. And I'm just mm-hmm. always a big fan of Chase Raymond. So mm-hmm. my hat's off to you, Rep. <clears throat> Hello, Mr. Rep. How are you? Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Dana. Yep. I wanted to um, dig right in, okay? I wanted to find out. Um, I followed session. I followed some of the bills you supported, and I want to jump in. And what are you going to be working on for Volusia County for this year? Because we did, while we got some money, there was other money left laying on the table I have large concerns about development that's not being addressed by Tallahassee. Uh, Bills coming out of Tallahassee right now are very favorable to developers, um, kind of crippling municipalities to fend for themselves. And I want to know what you're doing to protect Volusia County and our growth management. Okay. Uh, Which part of all that? What are we doing for Volusia County in terms of of development? Yeah, uh, of making sure, like, one of the things I've been raging on is SB 102, Uh, right? I mean, it came from the Senate, obviously, but with that being said, we are missing some controls. Um, We have been kind of kneecapped as what we can do as far as um, impact fees. There's legislation that doesn't allow municipalities to protect themselves in areas that they think that you know needs protecting Mm. Um, there are no safeguards in place for shoddy building and development and we're developing at a much more rapid pace than i believe we have infrastructure for and i think that's a frustration of many volusia county residents um, that that's going on. So, what, what do you mean, no protections for shoddy building? Well, we do have building standards, right? But we're throwing up um, pretty much the same cupcake paper houses. You know, it, they're barely they meet standards, but barely. We're talking about affordable housing coming in, okay? And so, given a builder's grade, okay, say coming in yeah. um, builder's grade material, and we're throwing up a lot of apartments, and we're talking about affordability. If you're not building extra well. Um, then what you're going to have is not affordable, right, in terms of managing electric bills, right, and stuff like that. So everything seems to be written for developers is what I'm saying, to to protect developers, the legislation, to, you know, now a developer can sue a municipality if they believe that they've lost money on a development, you know, and it's not good. That's pretty simply put. I I, I disagree with that uh, that terminology for it. Okay. Respectfully, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a matter. When they lose money, it's if they're being prevented from developing their private property, uh, and the government is one that's taking away from that value of it, then of course they have a they have a justifiable complaint. I would I would imagine would they not? I don't think so. I don't think so because here's what's happening. And that's a fair point. Here here's what's happening. I know that within in Volusia County, um, I know of a few developments where you have the development changes hands a couple of mm-hmm. times, like between the landowner and developer, developer defuncts on a property, right? The city then is responsible yeah. for uh, mitigating any damage, and then you have another developer comes in. And the, the restrictions that we have or the um, safeguards that we have in place are just like at bare minimum when it comes to um, safeguarding uh, homeowners, um, when it comes to 
things like traffic impact. I have a real bad problem with that. Yeah. It, you know, did you know that somebody that has a um, traffic impact study, say from, I don't know, 2009 Nine. maybe or something like that, do you know that in 2000 uh, or in 2023 that they are allowed to develop under the same, uh, under the same uh, whatever you want to call them, rights that were given to them then? So with that being said, if you – have a traffic study from I, I, I agree with your I've heard you mention this before and I agree with you so uh, what are we going to do should, about they, it they should have an updated uh, they should have an updated study to be able to uh, move forward with their project then how do we protect our what what can we do at a state level to protect residents against that oh uh, good question and all and that'll uh, that's a new thing I hadn't, I hadn't heard that complaint before up until just the other day listening to your podcast which <laughs> I listen to you guys do a great job all the mm -hmm. time um, but that's something I'll, I'll, I'll start looking into now. I, I hadn't been aware that that was an issue. And I've served on the city commission for six years. Uh, that was not not an issue that, that I had dealt with there. Um, I, I can understand the the problem. I, I guess I would ask a question uh, with uh, while answering. And, and I'm happy to have the, the, the discussion uh, and discuss the, the bill in detail with you. Um, but I, I would also ask the question, um, how do you balance the two uh, I get, for lack of better terms, crisis. The two crises that we have, overdevelopment, which in many people's mind there is overdevelopment, but in some people's mind there isn't overdevelopment. Uh, with the other crisis, which everybody seems to be in agreement of, lack of affordable housing. How do you address both of them at the same time? Because I'll tell you what I've found mm. uh, in, in over the last number of years in serving on council, that the very same people, all the same people who are complaining uh, and justifiable complaint, that's a, for lack of a better word, that are pointing out the challenges of the lack of affordable housing are the same people that make the complaints that, hey, we're just too overdeveloped. We're too overdeveloped. But we need more affordable housing. So let's so talk about this. Everybody's focused so much on the housing itself. We could do some things that make it more affordable. Number one, tackle the insurance problem. If you bring insurance rate, homeowners rates down, you'd go a long ways towards affordability. That like has exploded by 100% for some people. That's one of the biggest things that people talk about. I have my frustration with that, really, with all my BS and loudmouthness mm. put aside. My frustration with that is that in Tallahassee, we've concentrated on a lot of stupid stuff instead of addressing these issues and tackling this. And well, that's not true. I, 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 I don't, and I'm sorry if I no, interrupt go ahead. you. Um, go for it. Well, because, you know, first of all, I mean, how, the housing uh, shortage and uh, the pricing uh, ex escalation came long before that we've had this insurance crisis. Listen, I'm not going to disagree with you, but what I'm saying, if you talk about the things that we can handle and that we control and that we can concentrate on, that's one of the things. Which we just passed a massive tort reform bill that addresses that, and, and it's not going, you're not going to feel the uh, the the uh, positive impacts from it right away. You have to, have to have a time period where we corrected the market, and that's exactly what happened. There needs to be a time period now where capital is brought back into the state, and that's, that is what we're seeing, but it's not going to be overnight. I hate, I'd love to be able to tell everybody we're going to be able to bring these, these, these insurance premiums down tomorrow. Uh, and that's just not the reality. I don't think so anybody expects rep, that. Rep, I want to add on to that as well, too. So I just it's something was brought to, uh, to my knowledge the other day, which is the fact that there are about to be four more insurance companies are about to go under, mm -hmm. potentially, right? And so the challenge is, is that, you know, obviously we want to create a healthy marketplace in the state of Florida for insurance companies to be able to do, do their business and so forth. And where we're not relying heavily on a state-backed 
uh, citizens on property, right? right? Which is another con another major concern for down the road. <coughs> and so, you know, the, the challenge has been, you know, trying to get something through the legislature in general. Uh, and there's been a lot of back and forth. Obviously, Representative Tremont came in um, towards the end where now things are starting to happen. It is going to take some time, to his point. To, to filter into the marketplace. But yeah, there was a massive tort reform bill that was just done, and we're gonna wait to see how that plays out, right? Hopefully it's gonna be, I don't know if it's gonna necessarily bring rates down like some people may think. I think what it'll do is probably level off to give people an opportunity to kind of catch up a little what, bit. Yeah. So that way they're not, I the think rates it, are not increasing. I think that will, but I would expect yeah. it. it you, you have to create mm -hmm. the environment for the market to expand. I mean, yes. just like every other uh, product or commodity, and, we'll, and, and same thing with housing, you have to have a greater supply of it. So if you have a limited amount of competition out there, then they can put the, 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 yeah. the, the cost through the roof. So you have to be able to bring the capital back in, and it's going to be time. And there are insurance companies that are looking back at Florida that are, that are going to be making moves in here. I, I strongly believe that. That being said, we are still having to deal with the, the residual effects of even more litigation that was filed before this bill came came into effect so That's that right. those heard, litigation that, issues yeah. are still are still bringing 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 uh bringing yeah. premiums high well and so and when it comes to sb 102 so one of the things i talked to dana about was i told her i said look <clears throat> i know a lot of folks are having issues and a lot of city folks are having you know agita about the whole sb 102 Listen, deal can we just agree that not just city folks are having like a lot of people are having an issue no with that. I, no what i was no 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 i would say mostly because that's well I, here's what i'm gonna tell you because i hear about it from mm -hmm. mostly a lot of city commissioners not just in volusia but other people that i know yep. in other areas that they have concerns about it now i know the mayor was on not too long ago mayor burnett and he had talked about the idea look for some places it may be, maybe some have concerns, but there's mm -hmm. other areas in Florida that they kind of go, hey, SB 102 is gonna be great for us in many ways. So, and, I, and what I told you, you before, and I said on the show was, conceptually, I understand what they're trying to accomplish. What they're trying to accomplish is, look, ultimately, if you believe in the free market, you know that we need more housing stock in the state of Florida in order to level off the, um, the, the, the pricing. It's, just, it's supply and demand, bottom line. And this was one way, one way, not the only way, and I, I foresee that things will probably end up doing to tackle the issue more, this was one way of doing it to say, okay, what can we do in order to speed that process up a little bit? Now, there may be long-term unintended consequences, which we're not fully thinking about, and I imagine at some point in time we'll address them, and I always want to make sure that we're looking at these things holistically, but in the moment when there is a clamor for some sort of affordability in the marketplace, what what do we do? Now, city commissioners are concerned because it strips a little extra, what some would call that little extra layer of, of government protection but I talked to some, uh, some uh, as I talked to someone in Lake County not too long ago, and she was like, well, how does this impact annexation? How does this impact safety and this, that, and the other? And I said, well, it doesn't really speak, the bill doesn't speak to that. So it's the bill, so if you're a developer coming in, outside the fact that city commissioners may not have a certain level of say that they thought they had before, what I would say is that, um, and, and, and please rep, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but my understanding was when I, when I went through it, was the fact that you know they're still going to have to go through city staff to ensure that all the safety protocols and everything, all that other stuff is still in place. So if you want to kind of talk to that a little bit, yeah, n none of that, <clears throat> none of that changed. And, and I'm, I'm going to grant you, it's not a perfect bill by any stretch of the imagination. And and, and sitting on a city council, you know, again, and I, I, I would have problems with now. Granted, the city of Port Orange, they're they're not going to be impacted by this because yeah. they're mostly built out anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you talked a, a, a moment ago, or at least in the past, about infill and wanting to be doing redevelopment. There's a lot of dollars in here for incentivizing projects to, to do infill, to redevelop the blighted areas. Um, now, in regards to superseding 
locally elected officials. Um, I, I can't. I can't. I'm not going to. I know. Should I let her get a rant off yeah, first? Yeah, you're probably better I off just letting her go because I get the feeling, sir, that she wants to kind of go off a second. I don't know that she wants to talk that much. She only brought yeah. a dollar with her today. Yeah. I'm teachable. It's self-mastery. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I think I think more important, you know, as you know, sir, she just she wants to hear your perspective because she knows you're in the thick of it, mm -hmm. uh, even more so than from my own perspective. You're right in the middle of it, and obviously you were a former city council Here's member. Here's my perspective so, yeah. of it. It's not a perfect bill. You're never going to find a perfect bill and then to your point yeah. you you will you may see some fallout some residual effects of it that are not very good and that's why in the in future sessions we're going to have to come back and probably address it like we do so many other bills yeah. that are passed when you see ah you know what that's an unintended consequence we better fix that now before it gets worse uh and 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 so that 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 happens uh, every session mm -hmm. uh, where you come back and look at things. Uh, in regards to this, I, I know that the point is this is a sweet deal for developers. I look at it a different way. I see it as a sweet deal for homeowners because it's going to ultimately bring the cost down to, to purchase a home. There's there, th That is the free market principle of, of the way you do it. Like okay, uh, a second. Okay, a second here. <laughs> Most of this is aimed at commercial industrial areas, not really addressing infill this is about putting 40 percent right that, that particular portion of the bill there's other funding that addresses uh that address infill it's it's a major package yeah okay my problem <laughs> is again with this coming in and superseding local elected officials and i've talked to mayors mm. as well right mm. don't think it's a good idea i've talked to planners they're like what are we doing you know, we have Deltona's come up with a plan to combat any unscrupulous, somebody just plopping in and putting up crap. Because, listen, first of all, our building standards, the what I know about them, it, it'll get you a house. There's a reason that there's a builder's grade, and then there's a reason that there is, and I can't mention names, but I would like mm. to. Mike C., one of the best builders mm. in Volusia County, utmost respect for this man he builds a superior product i've been in his model homes mm. okay you can afford okay and then he builds some premium, some, some, some premium yeah. right but going into his homes looking up under the bars to see what they use under the bars mm. looking in the corners looking at stuff like that it's subjective how you think quality is okay I go into some of these other places, some of the places that I've been into with residents that have had issues over at, say, Lake Batana States, mm. okay? It's crap what they have put down and built. So the standards are, okay, let's get by. I know that we have hurricane standards. I'm not speaking to that, but I'm talking about other structural stuff. But right? let, let, before you move on for that, uh, or continue on, let me just speak to that. And sure. in that, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I'd say, mm -hmm. first of all, some of those poor standards are already in place right now, so this bill doesn't affect any of that. That's up to the cities to determine what kind of quality that they're looking at. That being said, uh, I couldn't agree with you more in regard to the quality, and I could, and I would love to be able to some na name some names as well. There's some, <laughs> there's some builders, and there's some homes that are in Port Orange that, that I've looked at over the years, and I've actually told some of our staffers, I say, please, if possible, if the code doesn't allow it, please, if they, these people bring another project, find a way yeah. to de yeah. to decline it yep. because I don't want that. While they may look beautiful when they're yeah. put up, they're going to become slums in the next 20 years. And this is years. what I'm talking about, right? When you get all of these breaks and you're bringing these in in mass into certain municipalities, 
then you have a really hard time. You're, you're allotting staff to go out and chase all of these bad things, mm. right? So I understand we have great planners. What we're doing, Deltona is doing, is we have already, we started before the July 1st, mm. but we started, we're reinforcing our our personal building standards here in our municipality. Okay, right? I remember you told me that, yeah. The, yeah, and the development agreements, things that we're going to require in our city because no more crap is going to be brought into our city. Some of our people I feel horrible for. Yeah. So that is my concern, throwing this up in mass with no oversight, you know, that a, that a commission can't say, well, I don't think that you know, goes there. They know their city, right? But, yeah. that, but, but that is... Uh, that there are three different issues, Chase. Is what I'm saying. But, you know but, what I mean? but to that particular issue, you're right, though. This that that's where the local cities still have the power. They're not being preempted on. But there's a in there, there's a bill. There's a bill though that combats that. Also, I can't remember the bill, but now another bill has been released, companion bill to 102, uh, that that addresses that the city can't come in and create these. You know this this. Do you know well, what I'm talking about? No. So what I'll say is I, I don't know. No bill has been released as of yet for the next session. Obviously. I haven't heard it, but if just yeah, just if I can predict yes. what you're about to say, that perhaps there's going to be a bill that's going to prevent the the local governments from making it more difficult to build. I think that's what created the problem in the first place. And here's what here's what I mean by that. You have an issue of a lack of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Why do you have that? Why, why does that exist throughout the state, not, not just Volusia County? And as, as a representative, yes, we're allotted to look after our yeah. area that we represent, but we're also, we're there to make decisions that impact the entire state, just as I'm, uh, you know, whether- Why do we have a lack of affordable housing? Because of a lack of a, of a supply of the product that people are wanting. We have a thousand people moving here every day. They need to go somewhere. So the demand is there. The demand is absolutely there. The supply is down. And why is the supply down? Because, because local we're in government. Because Florida's hot. Come because, on in. Well, because local governments, they're the ones that are the final arbiter of who can develop where. What happens that you've seen all across the state? You have uh, much for much more stringent land use codes. Uh, ordinance that are passed, open space laws, all these things. And I'm not saying all these things are bad. Yeah. I'm just giving the facts and the reality yeah. that when you reduce the supply of land to develop a home on, you're reducing the supply of homes that are available for the demand that's, that's being asked Stop for. moving to Florida. <laughs> well, but, Please. That's not going to happen. You we're horrible that. people. <laughs> we're horrible no, people. Stop moving to Florida. Uh, Let me ask funny. you something. Yes. <laughs> How many people would Volusia County hold? How many people will Volusia yeah. County hold? Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, what, about 500,000 right now? 560, yeah. I think, we've 570. Got, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you take a look at, what is it, I don't know, what, 57% of of Volusia County is is deemed conservation, undevelop, undevelopable, yeah. never will develop. It's more than half yeah. of our land that's not even going to be developed. Yeah. So getting your daughter, you're going to have a, a cap on it anyway. Well, unless somebody comes by and you know strips it, but for one reason, and I'm not suggesting that we need to go and do that. But what I am saying, again, you know, we looked at, you know, we we, we just purchased uh, 175,000 acres in the state of Florida, mm -hmm. uh, millions of dollars to put on for conservation. Again, good thing. I'm glad we did that. And Roosevelt was started that the yeah. whole conservation area in the Republican Party years ago. That being said, when we talk about unintended consequences, you got to remember we're doing a very good thing here. But the unintended consequences, you're removing a, 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 an amount of supply where people are going to be able to 
buy a home and live. Yeah. And I know we say that's good, <laughs> and, I, and I love her for that. But here's the reality: Stop how many people come coming here? to Florida? So we, we need uh, to come. You know, here we need we need a state income tax. Us. No, no, we need a state no. income tax. Let's talk about it. I hate no, when you we say don't. that. We don't yes. need a state income tax. That's why we live here. No, listen. I'm going to tell. Thank you, Ozzy. Appreciate it. This is what I'm going to say. It should be prohibitively expensive to live in Florida. We are the safeguards of all of this coastal area. We do a shit job of taking care of it. Oh, we, you can have a pass on that. No. Nah. <laughs> we do a shit job of taking care of it. Right now in Volusia County, you know, a lot of our funds are going to beach restoration because Mother Nature is going to have her way. You know what I mean? And so we have those resources that we're using, yeah. right? We just don't have good infrastructure so so i want to I want to comment on something really quick really really quick so i i, I hear you and and now I, and i will say that some of this stuff and I, this is something i comment about all the time and rep you can tell correct me if i'm wrong on this and, and dana just there are a number of things that's been happening in the state of florida that are finally catching up to us mm-hmm. through republican and democrat administrations from years prior that we've neglected for a long time mm-hmm. We're now finally starting to put some money in the stuff, right, on whatever it may be, whether it be conservation, a lot of it, water quality issues, all kinds of things that we're looking at. We're looking at the Everglades. Obviously, it's a Republican-led you know, legislature, and obviously the governor's Republican. So there is a, there is a mindset that we're going to uh, – approach that we're going to take that may not fit well with a lot of progressives. I'm saying that. But it's not to say that we're ignoring the issue. And what I'll tell you is that obviously well, – we're not ignoring the issue, particularly no, exactly. from an environmental standpoint. $2.5 billion thrown into environmental yeah. investment. That's the largest in the state's history. Yeah. Uh, again, the amount of land – Do you know why I think that Republicans are such big conservationists? Because you fuckers like your guns and you like to hunt shit. That's what the biggest reason that no. and fishing. Well, and fishing. I'll tell you. So here's something. That's that, why so, re- yeah, Republicans well. don't. I'm not no, going to generalize. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to generalize. I'm not going to generalize. I'm not going to generalize. But I will tell you, my, from my yeah. experience, a lot of the big push for conservation is because of that. Because of older values, mm-hmm. or conservative values, where you must go hunt, skin, and fish right so i understand the the need whereas me man my love of nature is not about what i can get out of it but it's preserving it for the next generation do you know what i'm saying I, like i, I, I don't want to take bambi out that's I know, not what no, i want to no, do i know that there are some perceptions out there about you know what republicans are trying to hey we just want to go fish but i'll tell you right now mm-hmm. do you i've fish? had i've had do no you fish? i haven't fished in a long time do you honestly hunt? I haven't hunted in a long time. No, mm-hmm. not since Your I was a kid. Card I did. Is now taken. My man card's been taken. Jeez. Yeah, what I will tell man. you is that. What I will tell you is that there are a lot of conversations. Whether people believe this or not, there are a lot of conversations happening in Tallahassee, amongst a lot of Republican legislators. Not just because of what they can get out of it, but because they're seeing the. They know the value. It's a different group of individuals coming up, who are looking at this more forwardly, going, "Wait, we need to protect." Water's uh, Florida's biggest resource is its water, and they're looking at it, and they're going, "We need to do something about I'm it." I'm proud of your boss for that, by the way. Yeah. Your boss is a big leader. I'm proud. No, of No, he's he, and he's working towards that. But for him, it's also about finding that balance. Like he doesn't want overdevelopment either, but he is working hard towards trying to find that balance. And what I'll tell you is that one of the biggest things I'm going to you're going to see moving forward is the mix between agricultural folks and environmental folks. Finding some way to come into the middle to figure out how did we do this together because agricultural folks obviously have a need for preserving yep. one reason or another. And some of them is just because they just want to enjoy Florida for years to come, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the environmental crew who want to come in and obviously want to protect the environment at all costs. 
And somewhere in there is a nexus where the two of them are going to come together, and they're working out little by little. The difference is is trying to figure out do we use mitigation credits and all kinds of other things? What's another way? And we and we have all the the major quote-unquote progressive groups it's that are up certainly there. certainly not being ignored. Yeah. $356 million thrown into mi flood mitigation projects mm -hmm. all across the state. $100 million for uh, for Indian River Lagoon yeah. restoration. Here, I'm going to give the Republicans a cookie for doing oh my what God. we should do anyway. <laughs> Largest in state history. Yeah. 55 <laughs> projects right now for Everglades, uh, Everglades If the governor was well. serious about that, he wouldn't be so tight with the money, and he would he would have given no. me the last $600,000 no. Oh, because, it. yeah, I know. But I, listen, <laughs> listen, I get it. I hear you. I'm going to tell you is that, look, overwhelmingly, look, and first of all, this veto, and I think, and we've had this conversation before. Look, there are many privately who had concerns about last year's veto, about 3.8, 3.9, 4 billion, whatever, mm -hmm. right? This year, I think it was only like, rep, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was around 300 million is all it was. Uh, about 500 million. 500 million, okay. And so, uh, only 200 million. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, but at the end of the day, not everything's going to merit. And I'll be honest with you, I've been there before where I'm looking at staff kind of going, they're going through some of the issues going, okay, what's worthy, what, you know, what constitutes a veto, what doesn't for the governor. The governor has his basic plan and what he's looking for, and then staff comes in and makes the recommendations as well. And everybody's fighting hard. Rep Tremont is fighting hard, like my boss is fighting hard to keep as many projects, but not everything's going to make it through because there's only so much money to go around at the end of the day. And we also still have to preserve our state coffers to a certain degree. I know what your point is, hey, it, it, you know, it's being stingy, but there's a reality too. When the shit hits the fan in, economic, in, di in dire economic times, Florida's going to be coming out ahead. Most of the states are going to be are going to be just like neck above the water or head above the water. That's about it. And four will come out first, and that's going to be because of good planning. Well, we're can, first you, in reading and education, smile. right? You can, hey, folks, <laughs> so she's smiling, give me that side eye. But I'm telling you, it's the reality. We will come out ahead mm -hmm. because we're thinking about the future. As I always said, state of New York, a 250 billion dollar budget. Mm -hmm. We have more people in Florida. And they also they are also two hundred fifty billion dollars in the hole. Three words: state income tax. No, oh god, oh god, I can't believe this. OG, can you please tell her again? No state income tax. No, no state. But they're still in the hole with their state income. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Whatever. As is Illinois. I want to get into Thank listen. You, I want to get because we could listen. We yeah, could, we could burn up thirty more minutes yes, of this, okay. but I want to get into some other pet things that I have. <laughs> Education. Education, charter schools, money for. I was reading a bill here that that um, you were involved with, and we were talking about. I want to talk about pumping more money into our public education system rather than taking it out, and we have a mess, You're right? So, home education, sure. But using our public education money for charter schools instead of fixing public education is really, really um, on my mind. What are your thoughts? Because my thoughts are different probably than your thoughts. Probably. Shocker. But that's okay. But yeah, that's, that's how we fine. get yeah, things yeah, done. Yeah. And okay. if you have cordial dialogue. and uh, I'm You know who I wish were here right now? Who? Shane. Oh, oh, your son? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Let, let, let Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Well, you've heard the old phrase, charter schools or public schools as well. Now, while they may have uh, different standards of, uh, of what, they're, what they're permitted to do, that's why there's charter schools. And the difference mm -hmm. between charter schools and public schools, more often the charter schools, they shut down when they're not performing well. Public schools, what do we do? We just keep funneling more money into a problem. That being said, uh, yes. we're going to dialogue right now. Okay? Let's dialogue. <laughs> Let's dialogue. We just keep shoving money in there 
I'm not fixing the problem, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you that we need that we don't that we need to we need to fix the public schools. I taught in the public school system for ten years. My mom taught for forty years. My dad taught for thirty years. But my sister teaches right now. Both of my sister in laws are teachers. I'm very familiar with the public school system and the problems in there as so well. So let me and ask you this: I don't think more money is the issue. If, uh, okay. If not, here's my here's my problem. One of my problems I have is the way that we do school concurrency. If you've heard any show, just about. Uh, over half of the month for each show I talk about school concurrency okay I've had this conversation with the county the county uh, attorney has sent an email mm. right in about this um, and the Board of Education I think are making some movements on it but we don't require as part of the data set when we talk about school concurrency as far as allowing more development the teacher shortage do you admit there's a teacher shortage no you do not. I do not think there's a teacher shortage. Okay. I think there's a... Uh, <laughs> you just pulled out a bunch of money. <laughs> Let's go ahead. <laughs> I think there's a shortage of quality teachers out there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I What's think the answer? Great question. I think the answer comes down to leadership and the expectation of teachers coming in. Oftentimes what we're doing is we're just letting people just check off a box and uh, fill off a bunch of check marks on a paper that says, okay, this person's qualified now to teach. Uh, one of the reasons that I think that state made a bad decision several years ago with the whole class size amendment. If you if you need a class size amendment that says this teacher can only handle 25 students in a classroom, then they're not the right person for that. Uh, you can you should be you should be able to fill up a class with 35 people in there and no problem keep their attention. Does that if you're does a that quality teacher? Is that include? Again, oh my God! I need to call Shane. Does that include ESE teachers? Uh, no, no. They're, so they're, the classroom amendment says that uh, we it, we listen. We do I, have I enough teachers. We're just going to sneak some of these regular kids in with the ESE kids, and so the ESE kids aren't getting what they need. But yet, oh, we we're reaching the numbers we need to reach. That's no, part of the problem. I, no, I'm not going to treat every single subject and everything, every single category the same, particularly ESE. And I have two children in ESE. I have two special needs nonverbal teachers, so or students. So mm -hmm. I understand the need for multiple teachers inside those mm -hmm. classrooms. Those families absolutely need it mm -hmm. so that's a se totally separate discussion from the general-ed classrooms mm -hmm. in my opinion mm -hmm. that being said uh, when you've got and it stems down from the leadership leadership directly what do you from mean whose leadership the leadership of the schools the assistant principals and the principals one of my biggest harping is they is, can't is do their the, job you know why I, I, because the school boards are telling them what to do and who's telling the school boards what to do the state's telling them what to do teachers can't teach anymore you know why because they're trying to administer um, they're trying to administer instead of teach. They're trying to administrate, and they're so bogged down in administration, the stupid multiple layer of requirements that they have, they can't teach anymore. There's a reason that it sucks, and that's one of the reasons. Well, I don't disagree with all that. And I had, I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a very big issue with okay, the requirements. That, <laughs> I had a very big issue with the requirements on, on a lot of the things that were me in the classroom. But at the same time, again, I'm coming back to the leadership of the, of the principals. And you can't, ha you talk, everything t comes down to the level of morale of its employees, okay? And your level of morale is determined based on its leadership in the school. And when you have six, seven, eight assistant principals in charge of whatever, and these are the people also who are the same ones who are evaluating the teachers in the classroom. Mm. And their evaluation is now going to be determined how much they're going to be getting paid, if they're going to get a raise, if they're going to get a bonus, and all that stuff, which leads to morale, which leads to the amount of work that they're going to be putting in the, into the classroom. I can tell you, my last, as an American history teacher, the last two evaluators I had when I was teaching, both of them, 
their previous jobs before coming and becoming an AP, they were elementary school PE teachers. So I had two people that majored in kickball, mm -hmm. evaluating my ability to teach the Vietnam War and the, and the Civil Rights Movement. You, you, you can't yeah. have that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to, because not only are they evaluating it, but they're also supposed to be their, your, their mentorship and they're telling you what you need to fix, what you need to, it, it was. Are you having these conversations I, with anyone? I am. I have I these with school board members all the time. I'll tell you what, he's not, I'll say this, that um, there are many teachers. I've several teachers I've talked to who will probably have the same feelings, whether they always agree a hundred percent with what he's saying or others may say, I'll tell you right then and there that there are a lot of teachers who are agreeing, who are probably going to agree with that comment and statement right there. That is, hey, I'm getting people who are evaluating me who may not necessarily be qualified because, oh, they were a guidance counselor before they came in as AP. When has a guidance counselor ever been in the classroom? Who, who, fully understand. Well, okay, let me. Just then these back. APs become principals, and then yeah. they get shipped around all over the place, and then they take the good ones and send them over here. I have a big problem yeah. with that, and we we just we saw a major shift up <laughs> from. Where's the, the doc? Why isn't the doc here today with us? Because she's busy. So <laughs> my wife. So I, no. So. What I'll say, and the, and he's right. So there was a big major shakeup that just happened. Mm -hmm. Now here's what I'm here, and so we'll get on this. So, so I don't disagree with you on on a lot of on a lot of education issues. Yeah. Okay. So what I'll, I'll say is that there there was there was um, there's probably going to be some numbers released. And what I'm always worried about is what I always like to call juking the stats a little tiny bit, right? Shut up. So what I'll say is there's some numbers going to be probably released for Wish County Schools District, right? And if I'll argue, if we're doing well, because this will probably put out there, right? If we're doing well, why the major shakeup? Right. If we're going down a certain path, because there's an old model that always says, right, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Right. So my my point is, is that my concern a little bit is that there may be something online that they're seeing or they're concerned about, but they don't want the public to know. And I got folks, I know I'm probably going a little bit conspiratorial in here, but to me, there was a major shakeup where you had a lot of good principles, principles that the community actually wanted to keep in place. And they decided, nope, we're going to move them here and there, right? Oh, you're going to Ormond Beach. Oh, you're going down to Deltona. Or, hey, you're going over to, uh, to Port Orange. Oh, you're going over to Orange City. And it's just like, wait a minute, what are, what are all these massive changes? And then that creates, so to that point, it creates a, a number, a, a bit of upheaval. This is that part of that leadership, even at the district level. They create a certain a level of upheaval. And now they're playing for that next year to go ahead and drive into everybody. We got to get the results. We got to get the results. And just like, and everybody just stressed the hell out because mm -hmm. there was so much upheaval that happened prior to that and i'll just so anyways i'm sorry I, I, Go ahead, no no, yeah. no that's I, I agree that's and that's one of the things that continues to disseminate to the to the entire staff the more the, more, the level mm -hmm. of morale that they have and you need in, in any organization any structured uh, institution needs yeah. what consistency yeah you have to have a consistent product that you're putting out there and when you have quality people that are at finally you finally have a quality group of leaders that yeah. are at a place and then you're just going to up and ship three or four of them out then bring three or four new people in they're going to want to bring their stamp they're going to try to impress everybody and you know after a while the teachers have seen this over and over our right, same song and dance all right you know what listen i know you're going to be gone in two years yeah. i'm going to do my thing over here and and and, that, and that's not that's not an Listen, effective. We, and, and you know what? Here's you know what's not effective too. We've so politicized school board. We have so it, it's it's. I know it's a major concern of yours because the, I know the, the governor. The whole climate I is. I know the governor the, inserted himself. You felt as you know as you know trying to push you know obviously backing a, a bunch of different school board members throughout the whole entire state. Mm -hmm. And um, look, not just the governor though. Charlie yeah. Chris did it as well. Let's not let's not put this on just one All side right. one party. Okay. 
and it's been politicized for quite some time. Yeah, take the, take the dollars out. <laughs> uh, like, like I, I would agree. Let I would me, much let's rather just uh, stop right the well, fuck hey, hey, hang there. On, hang on, hang on. He's no, about no, to no, say no. something. No. I just say I'd <laughs> much rather focus on the X's and O's and things that we were just talking about, which yeah. is the real substantial stuff. The real things. That's that real substantial. Real. Here's here's what's really substantial. When you have when you have politicized a school board, people can't operate the the, the they, teachers can't teach the way that they used to. You have the. It's already been politicized, though. Now it's just, it's just, and actually, it's still not because it's still going to go to a referendum. The people have to decide for that. This wasn't a law that was made; it was just a referendum. Now that's going to be put on the ballot, and the people are going to be determining. You think whether it's or okay not. that the governor endorsed school board members? Think it's okay based on Charlie his political. Chris, you think it's okay that Charlie? He didn't Chris do it. Did it. He did not do it. Wait, wait a he second. Did he not, did. Do wait it. a minute. Wait a minute. He did not come out and publicly, when I say endorse, advertise. The shit that Ron DeSantis did. Ron DeSantis, who did Ron DeSantis endorse? Well, I would just say it, yeah. Oh, he, he, Fred, he, Lowry, Fred Lowry. Fred Lowry. Wait a second, because Carly Chris did it and he didn't do it as effectively as, as Ron DeSantis did. He gets the shaft? Come yeah, on. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, because he <laughs> well, was a shit for doing So I'm, I'll, I'll use reverse one on that one, right? So a lot of Republicans went crazy when Nikki Free, the then commissioner, put her sticker all over the place, right? And so I privately said to some folks, so are we mad because, you know, are we really mad because Nikki's got her face on there or is it because a Democrat did it before a Republican did it? So mm -hmm. my point is it, it works both ways a lot of times. And so, yeah, Charlie may not have been as open about it as the governor was being about it, and the governor has, you know, has his right to do so. But my point is, if he was doing it, what's the difference? Not you know what I could call it? Paula Dix. Same uh, thing. Uh, you you know, know what I mean? <laughs> and I want to tell you something. But again, I, I would say, and uh, no, actually, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll come back. Go ahead, uh, go I was just going to say, again, it, it's been politicized for quite some time. And again, you go down to every single voting precinct during our elections here, and, and it's, it's the same way all across the state. Anytime you have an REC or a, um, a wait, Democratic don't have, how, Wait, how many, do how many committees do you all have? Republican committees are there now? Well, there's four one or five. No, we mean the, the REC. There's there's one in every county. But no, no, no. What I'm saying, committee. don't you have like three or four different Republican parties here in uh, we, have, uh, we have multiple different uh, factions. We, we, we have different factions. Who's your leader? What? Who's your leader? Well, it's who's it, the Republican leader? Technically, here? It's, it's the REC. They're the ones that have been sanctioned by the by the, by the RPOF and others. It's, Much and like the De Volusia Democratic uh, yeah. Party, whatever they call themselves. You know, just, I'm, I'm not going to take uh, you know a hit just because we're doing it better. Mm -hmm. That being said, every sing both parties do the same thing. When you go to their election tent, they've got voter guides that they're handing out. Say, hey, this is the Democrat school board uh, candidate. Vote for this person. So if, if you're wanting to take it out of the Republican place, you better be willing to take it out of the Democrat place or lead by example. Take, take their signs away from your party and say, hey, we're gonna, we really fundamentally believe that the parties should not be involved in school boards. So I expect that the next tent that I see on Election Day, there will be no nonpartisan candidates at the Democrat tent. Lead by example, and then you know, we, might, we might follow it. I think that's a, a that's a good challenge, right? Listen, what? <laughs> it's an honest answer. You may not agree with it, but it's an honest answer. So, <laughs> but uh, I know I that's mean, not going to happen. Yeah, I, no, I, no, the no. reality I is, feel so dirty. Sorry, sorry. Politics is politics. So we know, and, that, and this is something I talk about Dana all the time. We we go back and forth on it mm -hmm. privately. We joke about it. We'll talk about it. We'll laugh mm -hmm. about it. Whatever. But the point is, is I've always said, look, elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. Have the Republicans much been much more effective than the state of Florida at getting their messaging out and doing what they're doing than the Democrats? I agree. It doesn't mean that Democrat could not win. I just think it comes down to messaging. 
I think that Republicans have a better message overall, even if some people don't agree with some of the nuances of it, but there's a better message overall. And I think some people have concerns with the Democratic Party. You know what? Party. 2024 is going to take care of itself. Well, we'll see. And we'll see. You're Uncle right. Ron we'll see. is, Uncle Ron, nobody has to fuck that up for him. He's doing it oh, for God. himself. Oh, I swear to God, man. <laughs> he can't get out of his own way, but bless his heart. Yeah. All right. Hey, I want to talk about something while you're here. Okay, I, w- I need you to change my mind about something. Okay, I'll try. Well, I won't try. I don't yeah. try to change people's mind. I just uh, give them no, my opinion. I just, I, listen, I have a very bad opinion, and I just I want to hear good things, okay? I want to hear, tell me, convince me that Randy Fine doesn't suck. God. <laughs> Randy Fine is a great father. Mm-hmm. He's been a friend and a good mentor to me. Mm-hmm. Does he have his style? Absolutely, and it's not one that I share. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't approach it that way. And I've made it very clear to folks when I get up there. You know, I'm not looking to file a bunch of uh, uh, controversial uh, bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to debate on them, and I debate on them on the floor uh, any chance I get. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of the position I have. Uh, that being said, I have a different style, but I also have a different background and upbringing. You're talking about a guy that has been, you know, all throughout his life. You know, you talk about, I know you hate bullying. Mm-hmm. There's no one that's been put through the ringer more than this guy growing up when he was a kid. And that leaves a scar on an individual after a while. I'm not defending yeah. anything no. by any means, but that's his strategy. He's a brilliant Mr. Man. Representative. He's a brilliant man, a brilliant businessman, a skilled politician. He's smart as they come. And you know what? I've also seen him, Randy Fine, stand side by side with side by side with Rep. Benjamin, a, a, a black Democrat Muslim who ran a bill together proudly. Uh, and, and you know what? What you see a lot on the House floor, uh, you see uh, uh, you see a lot of performance that takes place yeah. on both sides of the yeah. aisle. But what you don't see. Uh, is the times right before session gets in where you're going to see Republicans and Democrats dancing together on the floor. You're going to see them having lunch together. Listen, uh, listen, you're, you're I'm gonna gonna you, it's a, a real thing he's talking you, about. You I'm see, just saying. You see a genuine, uh, you see a genuine cordiality among the representatives up there. What? Now things get heated up there, no question about it. I can I can point to a uh, a, a dialogue and exchange that uh, 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 Representative uh, uh, Cassell uh, on the Democrat side, a freshman, one of my best friends up there, phenomenal, smart as a whip, just as salt of the earth. And she and Randy Fine went at it, but you know what? Then I saw them afterwards talking afterwards and and, and having a good laugh together. Same thing with uh, with another rep and um, and, uh, and and Persis. Um, uh, Persons Mullica. Persons Mullica, yeah. yeah. Uh, during the uh, uh, the abortion uh, bill, yeah. the pro-life legislation, um, went at it on the House floor. Back in the men- members' lounge, having a good time together. So I think what you're seeing a lot of times is things that happen uh, out on the public, but what you're not seeing are the things afterwards. When I was talking to a college stu- group that came up, yeah. they were talking about, hey, tell us about the partisan bicker and say, well, I can tell you this. I just left lunch at the, at the members' lounge, and the, I was the only Republican at my table. You know, there, there's not there's yeah. not that that fighting uh, and, and stuff that people love to see because yeah. they like that kind of entertainment. But that's not the reality behind the scenes. I'm going to I'm going to try to find line over. And I'll just say that I into Dana's point a little bit. And this is also to what he's talking about, what the rep is talking about. Look, would some have disagreements with the way he's handled certain issues, maybe locally back home, or whatever? I would say, yeah, some probably have a lot of concern about it. However. It doesn't take away from the fact that I know what people see on TV sometimes, to the rep's point, is a lot of show because I do know for a fact there's a lot of camaraderie that happens. Now, okay, listen, it doesn't mean— I can't even—I can't—I I can't, I, I can't the, 
I, I know it. Fr- I know it makes you mad because it's like hey, I want to hold this guy accountable for what he called somebody. But my not point just is- that, not just yeah. that. Okay, not just that, but the personal vendetta stuff. That's what I have using a using political powers for not the good. Okay, is a bad thing. No matter who you are, I don't care if you're blue, red. I don't care what. But it's it's truly disgusting. And here's the thing. Let me tell you why I know this, okay? Do you know why I'm such an altruistic person? Would you call me altruistic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, would you call my heart pretty much tender? Like yeah, that? yeah. Like Outside of I, all the stuff that people normally right, right. see on the show or, or hear about. But, yeah, no, I know your heart's always in the right place. Exactly. People may not agree with some of your decisions, but, but your heart's in the right place. But do you though. know why? Go ahead. Tell me why. Because I really am an asshole at heart. Okay. Really. Okay, and people like that. Okay. They have at least the recognition that they're that way, work really hard to counterbalance, like, whatever, the monster that lives in them. Okay. Right? I, true story. I'm going to tell you, like, just from a recovery standpoint, too. Okay. We get up every day. Bad people get up every day. Bad people that want to be good people, that are working towards being good people. Okay. Right? They get up. They mitigate... Right, any bad imprint that they would leave for the day. It's a struggle for really bad people, yeah. right? A bully's a bully. What I have a, f- a bad, bad taste in my mouth still about is Randy Fine threatening to take away funding for Special Olympics if he didn't get his way about something. Those douche moves right there, he is a man of power. Mm. I give you that. He's a man of power. And with that comes great responsibility and the care and, and how you – really treat people and some of the things that came up that like weren't supposed to be seen or heard or whatever like the phone call when he was on the cruise when he was calling school board member a whore and you know when all of these things transpired it doesn't matter who you are in public when you get caught in private that's who people remind me have i do i have transgressions absolutely would i want my bad times publicized absolutely not but i think that it speaks to the sensationalist and the sensationalism that that he represents and it yeah. leaves a bad taste in my mouth when you do things like that that when you threaten to cripple people or take funding away or stuff like that so that's why i have a problem he's effective listen i what whatever fighting for rights or whatever i still think he just needs to tell people that he likes the strip clubs and quit being embarrassed oh, about God. it <laughs> but when you do stuff like that it leaves a bad taste i do hate a bully you know, that's I really hate a bully. If you grew up with bullyism, you know what happens? You learn to become a good bully unless you're working on being better. And his devils get get him on that. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't have a lot of respect. So I'm just saying, I, I all BS aside, I just have a problem with that. You know what I mean? If people are yeah. are genuine, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I would uh, listen on the and I'll just on the last thing. I'll just say this is that look, if Two things. Number one, the people will hold you eventually accountable at some point in time. And if not, and if it if it continues in one form or fashion, there are other there will be other remedies that others will look at to figure out you know if it merits something that he did. Okay, whatever the case may be, it may not happen. This is the challenge. Always the time. Whenever you see any, it's not going to happen in public. In well, pub- any any yeah. elected official, and this goes for any elected official across this country. Things don't. Always, sometimes things never happen, and they continue to get away with it. Um, things sometimes happen with elected officials that I'll say may not happen exactly the way we want it 100% of the time or as fast as we want it. 
it's just the nature of the it's just the nature of the beast sometimes um but eventually things happen and it I go, but the problem is everybody wants it like now like do it now and there may be other factors to consider. If you don't I do it now, it per, it, they are you're allowed to perpetuate that behavior. Listen, let me ask you something. Did any rep, do you know, public or private, did any rep go go and counsel Sharon after what he said about LBGQT? Did I, anybody go counsel him? I will just. I'm all, asking. It's rhetorical. But I'm saying. Who's Sharon? Uh, oh, Webster Barnaby. Rep, rep Barnaby. Rep, Webster Barnaby. After yeah. what he said. You know yeah. what I mean? Here's the thing. After what he said. Did anybody? No. Did anybody go counsel Rep Fine after what he said? No, but that's what I'm saying. That's how that behavior keeps being perpetuated. Well, what I'll say is, um, yeah. all I'm going to say is this. Here, well, no, just, I mean, uh, you know, Webster apologized right afterwards, and yeah. I know that uh, there were conversations that that had been had, and and listen, and I. You know, and I took a lot of heat for speaking after Webster, mm -hmm. and then when I wasn't coming into to uh, to which was at. amazing, by the way. I want to. You're a very compassionate man. That's why I've only said five cuss words here. Okay. <laughs> you say as many as you want. No, I that's as many as I want. <laughs> that's as many as needed. And that was amazing. And I listen. I wanted you on because. I'm going to tell you, you know the gypsy mm. thing in me is real. Yeah, you I know, know it's I real. Know, I, I can know. tell people. <laughs> you have a very compassionate spirit. When you called me, when I was diagnosed, after being diagnosed, when you called me, I'm telling you, it was amazing. I don't think I could really talk after that. You know what I mean? Because it was amazing. I want people, I would, I would, my prayer would that people would be who they are instead yeah. of the party that they are. It's like, that's why Eric and I have this platform. You know what I mean? To talk about how do we get in the middle and things that we can agree on. I'm never going to agree with you on abortion, but you know what I'm going to agree with you on is that when I say that I support a woman's right to choose, that if she chooses to have this child, that I'm going to be with her 110%, that I'm going to fight for programs for her and that child to be successful. I'm going to fight for programs that re-educates the father or helps him be successful. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the things that I want to do. Those are the things I want to do with you. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I want to do with yeah. Republicans, yeah. right? I know that we go back and forth and we do this verbal jousting all the time, sometimes in good fun. But some of these problems, when we talk about the underlying <laughs> theme of it, is discrimination, when we talk about bullyism, when we talk about... Uh, developers i i see them as bullies mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean there are for you good developers out there but just with the way that some laws are written you know that's why yeah. i always have and act these conversations about this stuff you know well i, mean? I listen i think it's well, 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 i'm sorry go ahead yeah, Rep. what I'm i was sorry, gonna go say and, and and you may not like this i uh, appreciate the kind words mm -hmm. but i was going to come to webster's defense uh, mm -hmm. you know not you know not that i agreed with the uh, the manner in which you said it and i mm -hmm. think if uh you know, looking back, I don't know that he would say it that way, but I, I can't speak for him. What yeah. I can speak for is the hour and a half of testimony that we had prior to those comments. I mean, things were raging up in me uh, for a little bit to just talk a little harder. Uh, than, and, you know, we had one testimony of a lady that came up and said, hey, people are going to die because of this, and it's not going to be who you think. That's a direct quote. Yeah. That's a threat. Yeah. That's a threat to people out there. Uh, and then you had a 12-year-old girl up there who is a— who, who says they're transgender. I mean, this is a child. Yeah. This is a child. And, and I, I, you know, we may disagree, but I consider that child abuse yeah. for allowing a child to do, to make a decision like that. I've worked with children my entire life. The only thing that's sure about children is that's nothing's for sure. That's they true, change yeah. their mind day in and day out by the moment. And we're allowing them to make life altering decisions that are going to impact them in a negative way the rest of their lives. Do you mean like forcing a woman to carry a child that she's not, you know, ready to carry? Is that the same thing? 
No, I don't think that's the same thing because we're talking about it. I'm, I'm talking about a life. I do think now. it's the same thing because and you're and forcing respect, someone and to I respect that. So you're forcing same thing, same thing. And that's what I can't get past sometimes is that the rules for D, but not for me when it but comes me to things you, like let, that. Let me sure. ask you if we're having the conversation. Sure. At what point is abortion? Uh, what restrictions do you put on that? Because I don't hear that a lot from the left as to when is that not allowed because the the term used to be a long time ago mm -hmm. safe legal and rare i mean they focused heavily on that rare listen i agree with you can i tell anymore. you something I, I as a as left-leaning as you can get with me and a female empowerment there has to be restrictions on it because i don't want it used for birth control i've never wanted abortion to be birth control however we are not doing a good job of readying our children Notice I'm saying children. When you're talking 12, 13, 14 years old, you're seeing some young girls come up pregnant. Listen, we're going to have to dig down deep for the root cause. We all know what the root cause is. We can go back. Some say it's conservative values have gone out the window. Parents aren't there anymore. They're two-parent homes, latchkey kids, da-da-da-da-da. We can go on and all on down. All those things are all, Exactly, and we can say that. But my point is, is that there has to be an out and not a sentence for a woman that this happens to, that this happens to. I hate the birth control, um, using it for birth control. Are we making, what age are we making birth control? Uh, wait, that goes back to parental rights. You know, you can't talk to kids about that. I mean, it's so entertaining. But, 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 but that's, you know, here, here's the, the, the challenge I have with having this debate with my friends on the left is, uh, listen, if I come to them and I say, well, first of all, I, Either you value life or you don't, mm -hmm. and and that I'm always going to come out on the side of life. I recognize yep. that that's uh, th that that's not uh, acceptable to to many of the folks on the left, or if not all of them. I get that, uh, and I'm going to respect their position as well. That being said, uh, if I came to the table and said, "Listen, all right, I'll, I'll I'll come to the table and I'll compromise. All right, if you really care about the rape the rape victim." and the incest mm -hmm. then i'm going to put this in legislation to say we'll compromise here i'm willing to compromise here are you willing to compromise on the 99.5 percent of those that are done out of convenience and as a form of birth control nobody will come to the table i'll come to yes. the table with that if you tell me how we're going to provide birth control free for whomever or if we're going to talk to young men or get them to get vasectomies or whatever i'll talk to you all day long about that it's give and take so what are we doing to prevent that? Because here's the thing, we need to teach our children uh, values. I'm not gonna call them conservative values because who doesn't value a child maintaining their in innocence? Yeah. I'm a fucking Democrat, okay? I value a child maintaining their innocence as long as possible. Mine was taken away forcibly when I was young. I understand the value of that because I grew up with ramifications, long fucking term on that. So I stand solid on that. If you can provide me a way to get these children, these at-risk children taken care of, then absolutely, I will compromise all day long with so you. So I'm going to give a little inside ball, a little tiny bit, just, and I know we got to start wrapping it up here, and the hour goes by quick, and, and uh, so I'll say a little inside ball. I know for a fact there was a conversation that happened where the speaker went to a lot of members and had conversations about the six-week bill, and there were a number of individuals who also brought up the issue of, we have no problem going down this path because we are pro-life. However, what the concern was on the other side of that, right? Now you start saying, okay, these individuals are gonna end up having kids. What are we gonna do on the other end of that? What can we do about adoptions? What can we do about the um, foster care system? 
what are we, you know, what are we doing to ensure? And I just had a conversation with the Florida Catholic Conference of Bishops yesterday with my boss on this issue, and we talked about it at length on trying to provide a level of funding. I think more is coming down, so I'm just going to say, everybody, just stay tuned. I think and this has, and forget about just remove the governor for one second. It's out of the picture. I'm talking to you from a Florida House as a staffer from the Florida House talking to you that I know the speaker had a conversation on and the, and the question came up about what can we do more funding? How can we fund certain other programs where we think it's going to be beneficial to helping women in the long Listen, run? Listen, I so. can tell you that's exactly what is going to happen because mm -hmm. we are aware and you talk about the unintended consequence. I don't want to say a life is a consequence, yes, but I understand. The, the reality of the fallback is more chil children are going to be born. It's going to put more of a strain on our foster care system or our adoption uh, services. Um, that is not being forgotten about. And there's this, this misconception that Republicans only care about the child until it's born. Uh, it couldn't be further from the truth. The amount of legislation that was filed and the dollars that were invested in those programs to make sure that the, ch the, the, the baby has a chance to have a quality of life afterwards mm. is, is, is staggering. It doesn't get a lot of press because it doesn't fit the narrative that the, that the left wants to pin the, the, the Republicans as. That's just the, those are the facts. Mm. Um, and I, and I can I, I can tell you you know from personally it'll be it will be absolutely uh, a commitment as to where I'm going to be on my, my I, and I see it daily and I hear the stories my my daughter is the lead child investigator uh, at um, at the Beacon Center you know okay. she works with battered uh, uh, women and children every single day. Um, there's a real need, you know, uh, for we for need more of that representative. We need more of that. Those houses, their beacon center is not enough to serve, Agreed. you know, Volusia County and something that the state should look into also is, you know, that judges don't have to report how many injunctions they say no to or how many are filed. You know, that there's no accountability or no data set. I'm, I'm Do you know what that, that does? More more. Do you know what that does? That affects our funding to take care of these things that there. So I wish that my hope is if you take away anything else is to have the state look into that and there be a requirement to protect women and children because I work personally with some that got turned down and I'm looking and I'm looking at this male judge signing this on what he thinks is a subjective thing. This woman, these women provided really good, competent testimony and he said no. And you know why? It's geared to protect the male from future ramifications of employment or whatever in case an injunction is filed. So put the women and children out on the streets, and we don't have enough beacon centers. So if I can leave you with anything, that has been my ask this whole year is that judges remain. They, they are accountable for the decisions that they make and that the public has access readily readily access to understand what that judge's record is because it's one of the things we're supposed to know when we vote on these judges that we have readily uh, available data to understand what their positions are on this and 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 the number of injunctions signed and the percentage of yes to no would be very helpful in understanding what we want in our community to protect our women and children that's my ask for you representative yes ma'am all right, there you go. Well, I think we are coming down to the wire. We're not OG. We're okay. So we are going to uh, <laughs> wrap it up here. I, Representative, thank you very much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I, you're uh, a good. You're a good guy. I, thank I, you. I'm Appreciate a big it. fan. I'm a big fan of Chase Graham. Everybody knows it. Then I have elected officials that come on every so often, and just and I'm big fans of theirs. Um, and so what I'll just say is Chase is one of the one of the most uh, honest individuals you'll come across. You may not always agree. But
But then this is why we do this because mm -hmm. then you know what's happening. You're talking to someone who's a potential, you know, future leader in some capacity, right? He's a leader already in the community uh, just by by him being a state rep. But anything else that happens is a great opportunity for you to talk to him so he can kind of go, okay, let me look into that. And I'll tell you today, I learned some other stuff about him that I didn't know or his family and how involved they are in certain issues that you actually are, in, mm -hmm. uh, that you uh, d uh, take exception with, or not take exception, but are in favor of right. and trying to figure out how do we do more for these individuals. So yeah. anyways, thank you, uh, Representative, for thank coming on. Thank you for coming really on. I thank hope you, you come back. Him. Absolutely. I'll, I'll come back anytime. Yeah, you guys absolutely. are fantastic. We, we love it. Thank you so much. So, wow. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was, that was really a short hour. I say that sometimes, yeah. but that was really a short well, hour. You, when you look at it sometimes, you kind of go, man, if we had a little bit more time, we could just sit here and just we could solve the problem. We, we, we can pick his brain a little yeah, bit more. We could solve problems. <laughs> so listen, guys, remember that next uh, week, our special guest will be Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood. Chitwood. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Love yeah, that yeah. man. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a good individual. He's always thinking about Volusia County. And mm -hmm. whether you always agree with him or not, he's definitely uh, he's definitely a character. Volusia's first with him. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. going to make sure Volusia protected so yeah. uh come back and see us then and, and guys have a good week have a good safe week yes. and remember this that if it's important to you it's important to us peace thank you the smoking truth podcast its owners and sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of mike and mike productions or the podcast providers and opinions between talk show hosts may differ it is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.